That's why he always goes hoppity, 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 hop. Hoppity, 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 hop. Hoppity, 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 hop. Hey guys, welcome to the Frequency Horizon episode 106. I'm your boy Drew Penner and I'm here bringing you an immersive experience as always here on the show. This one's the big time. We got Coachella headliners in the building. We had like a whole adult playground of toys to work with in the studio. Okay, they're not in the building. I reached them on the phone in Tulum. That's Rufus Dussault and they're talking Oceanic. We're beach people essentially. Grew, grew up near the beach and we like, like to be near that for inspiration. We played them on the show before, as you may recall. But now, we've got a long-form interview with them coming up. And we draw in such a range of influences that it keeps us on our toes. But that's not all. After this amazing Nasochnik background track that we got as our intro, it's helping us with marketing. We're going to bring you a tribute to someone that, if you listen to the show, you know that's my own grandfather who passed away a week after I saw him for the last time. And if you remember, that's how we ended off our last episode. And we're going to do it in characteristic fashion from an electronic music festival called Desert Hearts. That's a house and techno festival located just east of Los Angeles and held the week after Coachella. Plus, I move one step further up the NPR ladder into the real world of radio broadcasting. I'll tell you about my news internship at KCRW. That and so much more. We're going to have old tracks, new tracks, songs to blast off with, songs to space out to, and everything in between. Why, you ask? Well, because you're listening to the Frequency Horizon, of course. But let's kick it off with Bass Nectar and Hilo, Irresistible Force Reflective Part 4. I was walking down a long, dark tunnel toward this beautiful light. It was beckoning me, pulling me toward the other side, like a powerful, irresistible force, calling me me, 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 toward this beautiful light. Beautiful light. Beautiful light. Beautiful light. Darkness. 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 
And as I welcome y'all to the program, we want to usher in our brand new Frequency Horizon SoundCloud followers. Give a quick shout out here to Simple Illusion, Claudia Pernar, Invisible Gardener, that's Malibu's Andy Lopez, Natural Sounds, and Sortigo from Toronto. Thanks for dropping by. We got plenty more to come, including solid insights from Aussie Trio on top, Rufus Dussault. Bass Nectar and Hilo with Irresistible Force Reflective Part 4. You know, it's nice to have an emphatic track like that to kick off the show before we grind it out. The song I heard off BBC Radio 1, Mary Davidson Work It, the Soul Wax Remix. Trust me, you need to get some work done, put this track on, you'll be all good.
So now that we've got an understanding, I need to explain one last thing to you. When I say work, I mean you've got to work for yourself. Love yourself. Feed yourself. So you can be a winner. All together. Work. Davidson, work it. It's the Solax remix. What is the matter with Mary Jane? Yeah, that was a surprisingly relevant soundbite for my upcoming tribute I'll play for you for my grandfather, who died of ALS, by the way. Shitty disease. You said you fucking Next up, we've got a potentially libelous track, although the documentation is provided in the video. Zayani, the question. You wrote sex about me, you wrote ugly boy about me I wrote this about you, I think it's fair trade, dude Ugly on the skin, but fucking uglier within You claim you're golden hearted, but your heart is black as skin Welcome to your life, I think I killed you in a past life Just know that when you die, you now the demons off your ass Eternal hell and torture Hope it was worth the fame and fortune <laughs> You dumb motherfucker And I see you rainbow girl 
interesting sort of Me Too type story told in a very hardcore but danceable way. It's like a dubstep slap in the face for Deantward, but you can't help but think there's some truth in there. That was Ziani the question. All right, let's get into it. The moment you've all been waiting for, my podcast-style conversation with Rufus Dussol, who I reached in Tulum, Mexico, as they were on a hiatus from their jet-setting DJ life, as it blend melodies, harmonies, beats, and four on the floor for a concoction that the world can't get enough of. Now, we're in Tulum in Mexico. This is Jane. Yeah, we got here uh, two days ago. So yeah, we've just been swimming and doing yoga and classic, classic <laughs> days off thing. Maybe recognize that track in the back because you've been listening to the Frequency Horizon so long you heard me play it. That's Inner Bloom, the blockbuster song from Rufus D. Soul that I fell in love with the moment I heard it. From then on in, I've just been impressed by what they've done and I wanted to know more. And Thanks to this internship I did with Flaunt Magazine, I got that opportunity. First things first, you guys should all head over to the link in the show notes and click on the Flaunt link to the 165 pause and effect issue, which is on newsstands now. You might be able to find it there as well, but obviously it couldn't fit everything in. So here we are, Frequency Horizon. We get to dig deeper into their love of electronic music, synthesizers, and quality production. Check it out. Do you like it out there? Yeah, this is uh, John here. We love it here, actually. It's been really, really nice. We've been having uh, really good meals, actually. So we're trying to um, do our research and find the best meals in town. And uh, so far, it's working. There's like that whole Tulum house scene that we've been following for a while now. So we've been trying to uh, check out what it's all about. That's pretty crazy, like the fact that there would be a Tulum house scene to me. I love that. Um, I remember when I was in Mexico, they had a... I noticed they were into sidetracks a lot, but what is this whole Tulum house scene seem like it's all about to you guys? Like, this kind of slower pace, yeah, more like, you know, takes its time, slower BPM, which I think indebted to Nicholas Jar and David August and those kind of dudes who we, we reference a lot. We're really influenced by those kind of people. Um, and so I think a lot of that, you know... Uh, John is still speaking there? This is James right oh, now, James. sorry. Okay, great. Yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, and, like, I think that kind of scene is indebted to, like, that. And, like, you know, you you're, you see these, like, boiler room sets, like, um, Solomon thing here as well, and that uh, kind of add this, like, you know, aura to this place, I guess. Yeah, I've been following, like, a few um, places, like, online and just, um, like, a bit in awe of, like, what uh, this place is. And uh, we went to dinner last night where... People like Richie Horton and stuff, um, like sort of frequent, and uh, yeah, there's something definitely magical about the like forest life here and the way that they have these magical settings um, to sort of like have music in. We like sat down for lunch yesterday, and uh, just a dude on a slower like um, BPM electronic sort of uh, sound, and he had his guitar just ripping up. I think that 
there's this like cool ethnicity to like a bunch of the music which sort of like really leans into the setting that you're sitting in at a cafe just like this uh, guy just like, like um, playing for a bunch of people just sitting in the restaurant I think that's the vibe here it's just like lots of different performers just set up um, with uh, like no agenda and you guys are out there uh, just performing or you're also there to, to do some writing or what was the purpose of going to Tulum? The main purpose, uh, I guess, is that we're here to play a festival called Sundara, which is, uh, it starts in like two days, I think, or three days, and it's run by uh, the band Odessa, um, who we've known for a long time. Um, they're running it with a bunch, there's a bunch of other artists on it that we know, like Golden Features, who was another Australian artist, and Bob Moses, who we love and we've toured with them a lot, um, and we really love their music. But basically, yeah, we're playing a festival with them, not too far from where we are right now. But we luckily had a few days off as well in between that festival, and we just did like a six-week tour in Australia and New Zealand. We calculated a couple of days off that we could just spend in Tulum just to regroup and just chill out. I think that's really important when we're touring. It's a fine time to do that for ourselves. Yeah, probably too many bands don't take that time, you know? Yeah, exactly. We've been discovering more and more that there's a sense of balance that's really important when it comes to touring and not just going, going, going all the time. You know, finding time to like regroup and take a breath is the only way that we're going to sustain this for ourselves, I guess. Do you have a favorite food to eat while on tour? Oh, that's good. Uh, well, talking to sustainability, I guess um, one of the biggest things is like we're constantly eating out. Uh, and so for us, like we're just trying to um, fix in as many healthy meals as possible. That can sometimes be a little bit harder and challenging. We're like be going into middle America or places where um, it's harder to like find uh, healthier food. Um, so we just like try and eat healthy when we can and we also like to splurge and have a really nice meal before we play a show and that'll be like from anything like uh, salads and stuff when we can but anytime there's like a room for a culinary experience we're down and recently uh, after a show we all have like a sit down meal just after we play which is a really nice um, way to sort of regroup and um, break down what just happens. Now we're going to regroup for a minute here by listening to an older Rufus Du Soul track. This one's called Sun Dream. But there's plenty more to come. I want to feel that you want it. I want to feel by the morning. I want to feel that you want it. Oh, let me feel what you are.
Get into the part of the interview that resonated with me most. I, I was, you know, chatting with a few people that were Australian, and by the way, it sounds like you guys have become like a national treasure already of, of Australia. So good, you know, congratulations. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they were wondering, like, you know, sort of looking back to when you were sort of farming and everything. What were some of your favorite places to hang out in Sydney when you were first coming together as a group? You know, maybe before you had that 100% slick operation cohesiveness going on back in the day where were your spots well we all sort of like um once once we were writing the first album we were like uh, we're, we're beach people essentially grew, grew up near the beach and we like like to be near that for inspiration so the um first album atlas we wrote on the south coast of new south wales and um yeah there's something super inspiring about the sydney suburbs and uh, beachside areas um this is john i grew up in uh, cronulla that's where we sort of like uh, took like, inspiration early on um and then i guess like uh, we wrote uh, a lot of bloom uh in uh alexandria um in sydney and so surrey hills and alexandria and newtown are places that we would hang out often and have like a thriving culture a really nice um, sort of not pretentious but really nice culture and, and mood to be around i was kind of thinking in regards to some of the groups i guess that you remind me of a little bit max cooper and you know sasha i would say uh you know and, they, and those ones to me they all have like almost like a liquid sound to them as well for some reason do you think, you know, spending that time, you know, early on, you know, by the ocean and everything had an actual influence on the sound that you're still playing now to this day? Uh, yeah, this is James. Also, uh, massive fan Max Cooper. He's amazing. <laughs> I love Max Cooper. In a lot of ways, we are always referencing, you know, uh, like landscapes and places and, you know, yeah, definitely the ocean, I think, is one thing that often comes into play from the first record, like seeing, uh, you know, being near the ocean and near the coastline. On the second record, we tried to make like synth sounds that sounded like ocean swells and like waves and underwater sea creatures. Um, and on this record, even you know, on Solace, which we've referenced sort of deep space and like the feeling of you know the abyss and, and the void and having like a lot of empty space. Even that, in a lot of ways, we're still embedded to the idea of like yeah, imitating sounds that sound like they're from. They could be at the bottom of the Marianas Trench or like in complete deep space. 
so like um, yeah I think in a lot of ways the ocean is like a big inspiration for who yeah. do you think you're, you owe your greatest debts to musically John it's funny like uh, when we first like bonded over music um, people like Booker Shay Chemical Brothers Rikes Up even uh, or even the Prodigy actually and then there was also like a big um, like sort of UK rock or alternative thing helped sort of like fashion the music not just in the electronic world so like people like Foles and Radiohead helped us like keep yeah I guess like a more indie sound to what we do but as time's gone on we've like drawn heavily on um, different underground sort of uh, dance culture from David August like we were talking about before Nicholas Jar Moderat Moderat yeah um, so yeah we uh, I would say that it's not really relevant to like um Say that like uh, like Rokesop or the Chemical Brothers or Book of Shade are necessarily at the forefront of our minds right now, but that's what uh, heavily influenced influenced us right from the start. Why don't we take a listen to Nicholas Jar's "I Never Dream" from the Against All Logic album to get a sense of that musical soundscape that Rufus Dussol has grown up with.
that was Nicholas Jar, I Never Dream. But you know me, Frequency Horizon, I'll never let you down. I had to dig deeper into the electronic music cultural landscape of Australia, tapping into notions of electro from the 80s and finding out at what stage in the game Rufus Dussault decided to slot themselves into it. I'm gonna throw this one out there at you. See if see if these ring a bell to you. I just I, the other day I listened to a Red Bull Radio hour-long set of like I guess it was 80s post-punk and synthesizer music, but it was specifically from Australia. And to me, it was kind of cool to hear how you know those kind of groups interpreted the legacy of punk rock music, and you know that isolated because the, the internet hadn't really come out yet. Uh, more isolated context of Down Under, and that was some of the bands they played were like Severed Head, Systematic, Scattered Order, Denial, Oral Influence. Were you aware of that kind of genre of electronic or electro pop punk or whatever? And do you, do you think it had an impact on the music you play in any way? Not as much the specific acts you mentioned, but there, there, I think there is definitely a thread of that in Australian music and even in Australian dance music. And there are there are two bands that come to mind, like the Preset and Regurgitator, which I guess were more acts that we grew up with. Uh, those two acts uh, were a big part of like Australian electronic music that channeled a kind of punk aesthetic or a punk sound. Mm. It was very raw and visceral, but also very danceable and very danceable oriented. I guess that's not really a scene that we have like been heaps aware of, um, but that's really cool to hear. Yeah. No, I just couldn't believe how many there were. Like it just kept going, and like it's just all this weird stuff that you normally wouldn't. Hear. And it's just you just hear yeah. these things, right? So, but on the other yeah. hand, I, I'm kind of coming from the same perspective as you, where I like it's not necessarily something that's you know impacted me that much. Uh, but I wanted to know, you know, what your attraction was to the melodic end of the dance music spectrum, as opposed to you know, say playing just like you know, Richie Hot and Dark Underground Techno. Like I was talking about before, when we first wandered over a lot of electronic music and the influences of indie within that too, is that we all like are superly like into like uh, an underground clubbing culture, more atonal, hypnotic sort of um, music production. But the one thing we've always stayed true to is trying to juxtapose that with like, yeah, this um, melodic songwriting like, capability that like we, we think that isn't like done too often. Um, and so that's sort of like where we all meet in the middle to channel all, our, all of our influences into the, to the songs. I, I agree, I think that's like uh, probably been my favorite part of the way that we work and the way we operate is that because we're three songwriters, three producers, and we draw on such a range of influences that it, it keeps us on our toes that we are constantly drawing on more very underground acts like Solomon or like, uh, you know, Moderat or whatever, um, who are more dancehall oriented and at the same time drawing on like, if we reference Coldplay or Radiohead or Souls or, you know, acts that uh, more, you know, have more of the songwriting uh, foundation to them and uh, we kind of operate in the, the space between those two worlds which I think is just a really interesting space. Yeah. Can you get you just expand on that a little bit in the sense of like uh, I'm curious to know like how collaborative you know the songwriting process is. Yeah it is like a very collaborative process and um, it's really cool because this song a song could start from any you know one element and all three of us play keys, play synths, write beats, uh, we're able to produce, write you know vocal top lines. It's just a constantly shifting thing. We can lean into each other's strengths but um it keeps us on our toes because we're not locked into a kind of grid. It's really open-ended and like 
yeah, fun way of writing, and that it it means that it feels like it's constantly growing and evolving, and we we kind of love that about it. There's this element in that way, I would say, that also would kind of, in my mind, put you into the indie dance category, um, but there's still like that solid four on the floor dynamic. And even like some of your more recent stuff makes me think a bit of I used to have this vinyl of Book of Shades, The Sun, and the Neon Light album. Um, mm. But then again, there's almost alt rock ethos, and I'm wondering like, you know, um, what do you guys kind of, what are you kind of working on now, or what what, what are you kind of, you know, where are you kind of headed next? Do you think? Yeah, I think that's interesting. And and like you were talking about before, melodic in more of a dance realm, Book of Shades is like a really good uh, reference for that, where they have such a good uh, musicality to their music uh, not just tied to something that's more monotonous or whatever so like we've always drawn heavily on that idea of being able to melodically move like dance music like that I guess like in terms of where we're headed next we sat in the studio for over a year in LA um, and we just took our time with it we wrote like a bunch of material a lot of that like was born from like a bunch of new synthesizers like we, we had like a whole like uh, adult playground of, um, of toys to work with in the studio and like there's still a bunch of material that we haven't sort of released from that so for us we sort of want to get back to the studio at some point this year and finish up like a bunch of those ideas and uh and continue to like sort of be inspired by new music. Um, there's a new Weevil album out. There's a new Souls album out. There's a new Chemical Brothers album out on the way. All of that stuff sort of really inspires us and um, like you know uh, gets us hungry to get back in the studio and, and uh, make new music and continue like uh, on our sort of path. Honestly, I love listening to some of the responses Rufus Usoa was kind enough to bring my way. But I'm personally hungry for a little bit of drum and bass before we get into the remainder of our Rufus Usoa interview and then carry on to my tribute to my grandfather. And what better way to do the interlude here than with that new sub-focus and dimension track, Desire. We'll jet set back into GIF.
liquid jump up tip let's get another quick hit here from my Rufus Soul interview um, at the end of the day what we're trying to make is song as opposed to track we're trying to make you know things that have a lyrical journey and a lyrical feeling and channel you know something that people can actually relate to on that level as well as you know creating a certain feeling through production and stylized sounds and electronic you know a groove and yeah like I think it's the marriage of those two worlds that I find that's a space that we love to operate in and that's so interesting because you can make people feel on like a certain level but also like drive them in that kind of dance or that. It's always so amazing for me to hear the different things that cause people to come to the place where they say geez let's put this down on paper let's throw this into Ableton I'm going to dedicate this stretch of my life to putting something out into the universe. We got more of that coming from Rufus Du Soul in a minute, and the specific and the specific synthesizers they use to create their latest masterpiece. But for now, we're listening to Until the Sun Needs to Rise, which is a beautiful number. Check it. i 
shout out to our new Twitter followers, Travel to Recovery, Must Travel, Wild Gypsy, who's an ardent animal rights supporter. We Said Go Travel, that's Lisa, who's a KTLA TV host and a USA Today writer, and Sean McGrath. He calls himself a third culture kid, and I can get behind that. Welcome. Just go give him a follow right now. synthesizers man so just you know maybe mention a few of them which which ones got you really excited this time around and you know maybe had the biggest impact on your your latest album do you think so yeah we were really lucky that uh for the third record we were actually able to afford a lot of these yeah synthesizers that we previously just had software imitations of so the um dave smith instruments profit six was probably one of the most important since we've had on record and that's like a um, you know, an iconic synth. Um, that and also the OB6, which is from the same uh, same company. The uh, Mini Moog uh, Model D, which is like, we use that for a lot of bass lines, a lot of bass sounds, as well as the uh, Moog MS20. Yeah. Oh, Core MS20. Core MS20, sorry. Um, and we got a bunch of the Roland Boutique sort of synths the TR-8S, the Mini Ju- Juno and Jupiter and um, yeah. the SH-101. Yeah. Can you say the, I, have a, I, I think, is that the Gaia, I think? I don't know, anyways, what, let's say the last sense again, the Roland what? The Roland, there's like a Roland uh, like JP-08 or something. Yeah. It's like, it's basically they reissued like these mini versions of like the Jupiter and the Juno and also the, the SH-101, they have their own SH-101 Thing which we use a lot for like arcs and like a couple of baselines. Um, so yeah, we had a bunch of these little mini boutiques in. We also got a uh, the reissue of the Mellotron, which we use for his like stringy, like or you know, choiry, uh, that classic Mellotron kind of sound. Kind of like very retro and like very air, like very 70s and stuff. Or even on uh, the song New Sky, there's like a marimba sort of um, like loop. Uh, that comes yeah. from the Mellotron. They got all these like really quirky, like uh, older samples in the Mellotron that we sort of leaned on heavily to bring some sort of 
nostalgia to the songs. Yeah. Awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, I have a I was saying like a Roland Gaia, which I think that's the S H O one, maybe not the one I want, but yeah. The yeah, one, the yeah, the guy. Yeah, yeah. That's funny because you can control it with your hand a little bit anyways. Oh yeah, here's that track he was talking about. New Sky with the Mellotron where they created that very emotive and warm feel. I think you can hear it. Stay by myself. It'll be I wanna live on a day 
That's Rufus Dussol with New Sky. You know, there's one more thing I was really curious to hear from the guys. Since I'd moved to LA myself recently, I asked, I'm moving to LA, influenced their yeah, latest work. Yeah, I even talked to some people recently who actually saw you at Shine, the Shrine, sorry, in Los Angeles last year. And I think even the billboard I saw in Silver Lake said it was sold out. I'm, I unfortunately wasn't able to go, but uh, they said it was a total blast, but had more of like a heavy, you know, drop heavy Vegas four on the floor feel. Um, focused on getting bodies moving, and I'm just wondering if that's, um, if you know, if that was an intention with that. Yeah, there was something like um, really special about the three shows, and like we put a lot of um, pressure on ourselves to make um, them like, uh, yeah, a unique and like magical experience each night. So that we did, we did three different sets. Um, and I guess like uh, we had so many friends and family in the crowd that night, so many people who had believed in us and we've been like sort of um, developing like, um, yeah, like a lot of like people nurturing the band who are all in that same moment right there and then. So we wanted to um, like live up to all the expectations of all those people. Uh, and and I think that we like achieved what we wanted to. We like uh, put in like a dead mouse cover one night, a Portis head cover another night, and a Radiohead cover the third night. And uh, that was really um, like important to us to be able to um, sort of show the different shades of influences to us. Keep everything very much like in a, a journey throughout the whole set. Um, each night uh, dance floor orientated like you said and make sure that everyone's having like this unique up uplifting experience when I listen to the this mix that you have on your SoundCloud there from, from playing it on Triple J and then comparing that with listening to the mix for Pete Tong for the Essential Mix you know you could hear the difference between like yeah that more almost like indie dance or you know almost electro kind of feel to the more storytelling immersive essential mix and it's it sort of you know I know obviously you're going to do something different for the essential mix but uh, I'm wondering if it also speaks to your development as as a group like do you feel like you know in in that time or even from before that you guys have changed a lot or do you think you kind of pretty much did the same I think that like uh, every mix that we do is kind of like a, a time stamp or a reflection of where we're at at that point in time and so uh, with the essential mix we were really fortunate enough to give ourselves a lot of time to channel all of this music that, well, in a way, that, that the essential mix was kind of like a, a time stamp of our whole career. So we tried to incorporate not just music we were influenced by at that point in time, but also show our earlier influences and play some older songs and put like a Transmolo song in there because that was one of the earliest songs that inspired us, as well as some more, you know, recent tracks and more yeah, dancehall oriented stuff that we were vibing at the time. Um, but essentially, yeah, every time we put a mix together, we're, we, we get to just demonstrate what we're loving or being influenced by or what feels really important to us at that point in time. And even just listening to some of your more recent tracks in the car while driving around suburban Los Angeles, I just picture like a hazy, cloudy day where, you know what I mean, like it's threatening rain, but there's still, you know, sun is around the corner because it's L.A., I felt like the the music fit perfectly, like the stuff off Solace, and you know some of the you know some of the older stuff too. But because it has this kind of sunny sound, but also uh, like an unresolved element to what you do, it's it's very complex, but but pleasing. Like it made me wonder, do you think moving to LA, a new geographic frontier, made a difference on the type of music you've been creating? 
we've always liked to play within two different worlds, whether that's electronic and more organic live uh, instrumentation, or like the heaviness of some of the lyrical content or vocal um, feel matched with, yeah, like some more uplifting like uh, elements in the song. So we've always liked to play within those two worlds and juxtapose that sort of like, um, like dark and light. So that's like awesome that you've seen that in the past stuff and in the new stuff as well. And I think LA itself like, was, uh, again, like a new and unique experience for us from like writing the first album like, on the like, you know, coast of Australia and beaches there to writing the second album partially in Berlin. We wanted to sort of take ourselves out of our comfort zone and um, and uproot ourselves and put us like get in LA and be amongst the excitement and artistry that's already there and the landscapes that are there. And we like travelled out to Joshua Tree and we wrote Lost in My Mind within two nights there one night. Wrote a bunch of the lyrics to the whole album out in Joshua Tree during that time. So uh, we were just always trying to immerse ourselves like in the in the feeling, the excitement of LA, the landscapes like just outside LA and like um, and push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Once again I'm just really appreciative of you taking the time to chat with me today. Nice to chat dude. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Cheers Brett. Did you catch that? This song Lost in My Mind was written in two days at Joshua Tree. What a great way to end this section of the podcast. because we've got more on the other side. Couldn't help but get lost in the mind. Send the postcards, send it to my friends. No number, no return address. Walking in the sky keeps falling.
of the genre. It's spooky with shmoo. Can't believe I never heard this before. But it's quality house. It's a blast and a half. 
dipping in the old school. That was spooky with Shmoo. But how about another triumphant track? And with that, we move into Moon Boudica with June, which is when I'm publishing this podcast. So, you know, June 2009, for those of you dipping back into the frequency horizon down the line. It's a bit commercial sounding, but there's still just enough oomph to keep me interested.
That's Moon Boudica with June. Congratulations on that awesome track. But if you like the weebling and wobbling in that track, you're going to be blown away by this next one, which I found in the charts on Bport. It's Eliminate with Weeble Wobble. For the hell of it, definitely grab her Eliminate with Weeble Wobble. Yo, do you guys remember this? They said you were going to a music show in uh, in Chicago. That's the time my grandpa almost got yeah, scammed by someone somehow who figured out that I might be crashing my car at some sort of music yeah. festival, you know? Hello, Grandpa. How are you doing? Uh, what are you doing in jail? In jail? Yeah. What do you mean in jail? Grandma got a, got a call that you had traveled to Chicago and got in an accident and were in jail and they were wanting bond money for you. Or maybe you heard last time about how I surprised them a year ago. What are you doing here? <laughs> hey, Grandma. <laughs> 
And I played that on the last episode just after the last time of seeing my grandpa. I'm literally on the bus from Chicago to Indiana. Well, he died. And I made a tribute while at Desert Hearts Music Festival that, since he's already been on the podcast so many times, figured it was only fair to share with you guys. Hope you enjoy. There's plenty more bumping tracks on the way. When I was a little boy, my grandpa Henning, along with my grandma, sat down to record a series of Winnie the Pooh works on tape. For our way of saying hello and we love you and wish we could be there with you. Hi, this is Grandpa Henning. I've got some poems here that I've recorded for you. I'm sitting here at the Desert Hearts Music Festival with a midday inspirational house DJ playing in the background. And I wanted to send back something similar for the funeral. I figured I'd bring Grandpa's voice back to life and share a little bit about what he meant to me. Let's start with the very first poem. It's called Buckingham Palace. They're changing guard at Buckingham Palace. Christopher Robin went down with Alice. Alice is marrying one of the guard. A soldier's life is terrible hard, says Alice. I remember being in the darkness of my room, trying to settle my mind after the commotion of the day. I would play this tape over and over as it would lull me off to sleep. Usually, I'd fall asleep right as the recording came to a stunning conclusion of some of the most symphonic orchestral music, or whatever it was, that you could imagine carrying you away into classical abstraction. music would dissipate into random chatter and with that I'd be off to dreamland. Only when I visited with my grandpa for the last time did he reveal that, unlike what I'd assumed, that he was in Liberty, Missouri at the time, he was in fact living in Fresno, California. He remembered how Uncle Paul had come over that day to work on his camper trailer. You could even hear Paul come and interrupt him at one point. Did you hear the doorbell? That was Uncle Paul coming over to work on his camper so we can go camping this weekend. Now let's see, where were we? Oh yes, I was going to sing. Now as I sit here at an outdoor seating area directly across from the stage where they're playing this driving, bouncy sort of music, we're on the Los Coyotes Reserve southeast of LA and I think it's funny that the roles are reversed. Grandpa died in land while I made it out to SoCal. Once upon a time, there were three little foxes who didn't wear stockings, and they didn't wear socks. But they all had handkerchiefs to blow their noses, and they kept their handkerchiefs in cardboard boxes. Living in Canada, the United States was this looming concept that was at once immediate, with most of the advertisements and TV shows coming from the Hollywood machine, and yet feeling very far away, since none of my friends had much of a direct connection to the place. In fact, my grandpa picked A.A. A. Milne, Winnie the Pooh stories, spoke of his reverence for a bear named after the closest Canadian city to us. What is the matter with Mary Jane? She's perfectly well, and she hasn't a pain. But look at her, now she's beginning again. What is the matter with Mary Jane? I was deathly afraid of my grandpa for a while. There was no rhyme or reason to it. 
But I remember hiding on the stairs, not wanting to sit next to him at what I believe was Thanksgiving dinner in Missouri. If I had to guess, I'd say it was the leftover coldness from his traumatic upbringing in the British India boarding school system. I always kept his lived experience in my mind as I was promoting for after-hours clubs late at night in Toronto and with my friend from India, who has since returned and started a restaurant in Delhi or Mumbai. I can't remember which. Once I got over the irrational fear, he became one of my relatives that I look up to most. He was thoughtful, humble, and diligent. He would always use camaraderie and intelligent arguments to make you want to come over to his side. He was careful with his words, something that rubbed off on me, helpfully. Despite writing hundreds of articles for newspapers and websites about court, crime, health, and politics, you'll find I probably used the word allegedly less than 10 times. That was one of his pet peeves. If you say a contentious piece of information in your work, just l- tossing the word allegedly in there is just lazy and doesn't protect you legally and doesn't convey much of use to the reader. Anytime I've wanted to use that word, I would take the extra time thinking about my grandpa to directly contribute to the discussion and attribute the information to a particular speaker or authority. To this day, the overuse of the word allegedly irks me more than almost anything else. Grandpa thought the word iconic was a bit too vague or something, but I guess I disagreed. After thought of thought, I decided it's okay to disagree sometimes with your elders and choose to use language in a new way. Christopher Robin goes hoppity, 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 hop. Whenever I tell him politely to stop it, he says he can't possibly stop. I found the cassette of the poems in my safe and brought it with me on that last trip to Indiana to visit with my grandpa in hospice. He was frail but would still ask about going back to live in their condo. When I went to play the cassette for him, the magnetic tape got tangled up in their cassette player. It sort of underscored how, you know, as much as something is special, it comes to an end. And while I salvaged the tape long enough to be able to record for you today, in that moment, as I used my finger to re-spool the magnetic tape, I knew that my grandpa's time was at hand. If he stopped hopping, he couldn't go anywhere. Poor little Christopher couldn't go anywhere. That's why he always goes hoppity, 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 hop. That's why he always goes hoppity, 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 hop. Hoppity, 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 hop. Ha ha hoppity, 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 hop. It's nice to celebrate a life worth celebrating. I'm not going to go into the reasons why I'm not going to give you a blow-by-blow account of the experience going to Desert Hearts Music Festival. Even though I think it's warranted, I thought it was an amazing, mind-blowingly awesome show in the true sense of the word. But what I will do is play an amazing song that I discovered while at the music festival that typified the loving, the caring, the support, the pushing your boundaries elements of the music festival, but also touched on the ephemeral nature of it. This is Kincaid and Sinal 
long haul flight bathroom romance scene. It just reminds you how much of a story you can tell through techno and house music. Which is kind of a new thing for me to really appreciate on this deeper level.
see now. Long haul flight, bathroom romance scene. Fill in the details in your own mind, I think. But let's go from that higher high to the deeper deep with some Alex Perez melodrama.
I call that a middle of the road Alex Perez track. You know, it keeps things flowing along, but it's not so enigmatic that you're gonna put it in lights every day. But you might reflect on some of the progress you've made, some of the challenges to come. For me, that's learning more about the broadcasting world. A journey I began with you guys with episode one. Now I'm continuing at NPR member station KCRW, perhaps the best station in North America. They even have a KCRW Berlin for all you Europeans. Here's the first piece of work I've ever written that's been broadcast out to all of Los Angeles. Read by Larry Perel on All Things Considered, a blockbuster show in its own right. Mother Nature could drop up to two inches of rain in parts of L.A. County tomorrow. Kristen Stewart is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service. She says conditions could be tricky. The peak of the rain is going to be around rush hour in the morning. So I'd recommend uh, if you're driving to work, uh, get some extra time because it's going to be slippery. There might be some flooding on the road. Stewart says winds could hit as high as 40 miles per hour in the morning, maybe 50 miles an hour in the afternoon. Quick note, obviously I mess with that in typical frequency horizon fashion, which I hope you enjoyed. But also, I just wanted to mention, it's pretty cool my first piece of KCRW journalism includes an interview with a woman named Kristen Stewart, considering my previous internship at Flaunt Magazine included me helping out with a party and dancing steps away from the famous Kristen Stewart and her girlfriend. By the way, we're listening to UMEK with Brethren.
you and me K with brethren but now let's step it up to that next frequency horizon level with off the meds better the joy o belly mix i think it's cool because i don't play tracks like this all the time on here but it fits perfectly with what we do doesn't it you'll see it's got that watery sinister but still danceable and playful vibe to it i hope you concur get on the dance floor i don't care where you are if you're at work shifting your chair a little bit on your yoga ball or you know if you're driving tap that steering wheel all right see you on the other side
That was the Joy O Belly Mix of Off the Meds with Better. 
Seriously, I don't know if you should be off your meds. Speaking of which, this is totally unintentional. Going from an off the meds track to a Bangkok impact track. Another old one there I'd never heard of before that I'm falling in love with and can't get enough of. It's called Aspirin. Yeah, for real. Please, can someone tell me why I haven't heard of this before? Anyways, enjoy.
doesn't exactly relieve my headache either, but plays around with cool synthetics. Jean-Jacques Perry with Eva, or EVA, I don't know which, but it's kind of one of those early synthesizer songs that helped spawn electronic music in the first place. And shout out to DJ Travis Holcomb, playing it on his show on KCRW the other day. No wonder I'm so stoked to work there. Anyways, it's been a slice, guys. Thanks for sticking around all the way to the end of Frequency Horizon episode 106. Huge thank you to Flaunt Magazine. Go buy that issue. Big up Rufus Soul. Give yourselves a pat on the back. The future's bright as far as I'm concerned. If we've made it this far, imagine how much further we can get, all right? Hit me up with your comments, feedback, suggestions, any guests you want on the show in the future, and tell your friends about it. Who wouldn't love this electronic musical mayhem? Take it away, Jean-Jacques.
hoppity, 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 hop. Mm-hmm.